0: Hey y'all from NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. So, Maya Erskine stars along Jack Quaid in this new rom com called Plus One. And in some ways, it looks like your typical rom com, but there are many scenes in this film that subvert the whole genre. For instance, there's this one scene Maya and Jack's characters, Alice and Ben, they are dressed up all nice, slow dancing with each other at a friend's wedding reception, and it looks like they're falling in love. All right, what do we got? But no. Let's see,
1: cuties. Cuties everywhere. Okay, let's see.
0: Alice is trying to be Ben's wingman.
2: Um.
0: Okay, bridesmaid
1: with the braid. All right, you're gonna have to spin me out. Okay. Ready? Yeah. And Alice is not
0: your average rom com heroine. Okay, what about, um, uh, green with the glasses?
1: Where? Rotate. Okay. Her? Jeez, God, you like them fresh and young. She is normal. H Ben, I can hear the sirens coming for you. <laughs> off.
3: Mm-mm. Okay.
0: All right. All right. Let's see. today. I talk with Maya Erskine about this movie plus one, and how it flips our idea of the rom com on its head. We also talk about Pin 15. This is a very very funny Hulu show that may have introduced a lot of you to Maya Erskine. As a note, for our chat on PIN15, there is going to be some discussion about puberty and sexuality and how those things go together in awkward, awkward ways. Uh, We'll give you a warning before that part comes up, but just know it's coming. All right. Maya and I were in L.A. for this chat. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. I want to talk about all of the things. Yes. Yes. But I want to start by thanking you for that moment in your movie in which your character says, If I go to your wedding, I'll have to bring you a gift.
1: Right. Uh, what do you think about destination weddings? Do you think that if it's a destination wedding, that's the gift?
0: My your presence, presence is, the, is gift the present.
1: Because I'm paying for hotel, I'm mm-hmm. paying for flights.
0: I'm taking vacationation work.
1: Exactly. To do
0: your vacation, not my vacation.
1: Thank you. Yes. You don't have to give a gift. Literally, but I still do because I feel oh, the I guilt. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, you don't.
0: I, I gave a gift. So last year I went to. Uh, I was supposed to go to six weddings. One got canceled. Drama. Woo! But for all five of them, I showed up. No, for one of them, I got the couple uh, tequila of the month for like six months because I love them.
1: That's so. That's the thing. It's like how <laughs> how much do you love these? How people? much you love them? And Jeff <laughs> Chan, he's one of the directors. He described it as tears, social tears of his friends. Yeah. He's like, you know, if you're level one, mm-hmm. you're going to get in the $150 gift range. Oh, yeah. Oh, level yeah. two, yeah. 50. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's like,
0: you know, in the back of your head, half of them will get divorced. I know. Right? <laughs> it's so absurd. Anyways, I just have to get it off my chest. Get
1: it out. Yes. Get it out there. Yes. It feels good. Yes.
0: And so, I mean... What I like about the movie, which we're going to talk about a lot, is that you kind of poke fun at the marriage industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk more about that. But first, let's just describe the movie to folks so they know what it is. Plus one. What is it?
1: It's a movie about two friends uh, who are both lonely in their lives and have to go to 12 weddings and they take each other as their plus ones, essentially. And it's a romantic comedy, but um, we also like to describe it as a buddy comedy for the first half of the movie, which turns into a romance. Yeah.
0: Whose idea was the movie?
1: It was Jeff Chan and Andrew Reimer. Um, and I had met; I, I was friends with them. I went to NYU, but I didn't know them that well. And mm-hmm. then they asked me to read some bit parts at the table read, and uh-huh. I fell in love with the script at yeah. the time. And uh, and then they asked me to audition for the main part, which was great because I, love I loved it. that character.
0: Yeah. What I appreciate about this movie is mm-hmm. that, like, it is definitively a rom com. Right. But it is not allowing the thing that usually happens in rom coms, where the woman just has to be weak to get the man or the woman has to be subjugated to the man your character is hornier Mm -hmm. and louder Mm -hmm. and usually more in control than the dude.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what was so interesting coming from two men. It wasn't (laughs) under the gaze of a man. Like, it really, that that was what was so surprising and I think it's a testament to them and their female friends. Like, Mm -hmm. I think they really wrote it with a lot of their friends in mind and that was the first character that I have ever read in a... Movie mm-hmm. that I would be allowed to audition for where the female is f- messy, <laughs> ugly, dirty,
2: drunk raunchy, the drunk, you know, <laughs> and
1: yet also really intelligent and vulnerable, yeah. and yeah. all of these things. So I was like, This is a full person, mm-hmm. and you never get to see that oh, in a yeah. romantic comedy. And that's what I loved about it, too, is because it's not trying to chase some idea of perfection, which is always the case oh, yeah. and and so even this relationship is not perfect and this girl is not perfect and, and they acknowledge it yeah
0: did you have when, when i i had wanted to interview for a long time uh, and, but when i heard that our interview would be tied to you doing a rom-com i was like her <laughs> doing a rom-com because like when yeah. you see you in pin 15
1: yeah i'm not that's
0: anything but uh, yeah yeah <laughs> was there reluctance to do this kind of movie
1: um Yes, yeah. I mean, because that's not my. Even though I loved rom coms growing up, oh yeah. I, I mean, there was a a part of me that always wanted to be a lead in a rom com, just because I never saw that as a kid. Yeah. I never saw that as a possibility, so I wanted to dream. Like, will I be that person who's uh, being fallen in love with? But, uh-huh. but yeah, Pen fifteen. Um, is not a it's, <laughs> not, I a mean it, it's not a rom-com <laughs> well, you know it is it's a love story in some weird way two, between the two yeah, friends yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also like a love letter to your younger self in some yeah. way of like you're okay you're okay it's you gonna are. be fine yeah.
0: yeah what's your favorite rom-com on that note
1: um when Harry Met Sally mm, is the obvious one yeah. I've watched that maybe 25 times and it never gets old mm-hmm. and Hannah and Her Sisters oh love Hannah and her sisters. Yeah. yeah. Annie Hall. I mean, those are the, yeah. the obvious ones, but I can watch those on repeat. I yeah. never get old of them. I can do
0: every Julia Roberts one, and mm. I particularly love Which My Best it? Friend's Wedding. Oh,
1: My Best Friend's Wedding oh, my is God. just...
0: Oh, my God.
1: And she's so wonderful in yes. it. And Rupert Everett about, oh my God. is a real star. And do you know that story, too? that what? That last scene where he comes in, uh-huh. That they didn't have that when they first did a test screening of it, and uh, everyone got outraged, and they were like, he needs to come back. Yes! That is the, and so they wrote oh They my God. wrote that scene, I love it. shot it, and brought him back. And I it's, love it. Oh. So
0: on top of your character being good and raunchy. Mm-hmm. a lot of the movie is these scenes from like actual real life weddings right. like toast and like receptions and such and it's it is poking fun at a lot of the wedding industrial complex mm-hmm. but it is particularly going after the idea and the art of the toast
3: mm-hmm. and your
0: characters deal with that a lot as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um What is it about the toast that y'all were trying to skewer the most? Because you were going for a few things with it.
1: I mean, I think they had gone – this is Andrew Reimer and Jeff Chan. They had gone to a slew of weddings Mm -hmm. uh, as they were writing this movie. Really? So every time they would – Yeah. So every Or no, they just happened to have a lot of friends who were getting married at that age. Yeah. And so they would go and be like, oh, that drunk uncle. Okay, that's going in there. That Uh is is such a a thing that happens. Yeah. so, yeah, I mean, wedding toasts give me a lot of anxiety. Oh, I yeah. actually have a fear of public speaking even though I'm an actor. Okay. It's it's a okay. really uh, no, I swear I get <laughs> even doing this interview, it's making me sweat. You're um, doing great. No, doing but there's great. something about it's a very vulnerable thing to go up there. And to, in so many words, surmise like the love that's between these two. And what if you don't even believe in the love between these two? because half the time the the best
0: man and the best lady don't want them to get married.
1: Exactly. And so what do you say in those moments? And then you start going too far in the comedy direction Mm -hmm. and it's just turning into a roast that's not funny. And you've said something too inappropriate. I mean, there's just so many things that can go wrong. So that's why I love that they did a range of wedding toasts. It was so good. And it's also a great... Benchmark, Like, sort of like in When Harry Met Sally, you have those interviews with the couples, and it sets each part of the movie Mm -hmm. of, like, okay, five years, now we're five years later, or Mm -hmm. now we're here. And with this movie, if you notice, the toasts are indicators of what the wedding's going to be and what the emotional Uh, journey's going to be between Alice and Ben. So, like, Ah. the first wedding is... Just anxiety inducing, <laughs> like. but it's a big wedding. The next one, they're on a bus, it's raining, it's the start of their journey. and uh, they're then
0: on the as... bu- I love that they're on the bus singing Third Eye Blind, Yeah. Because <laughs> that is what happens. If, if there's Thank ever God we a the reception rights. with a bus and everyone's oh, on the bus God. by the end of the night,
1: it's a camp sing along. Yes. And it can be fun for some people, but you see that Alice is just in pure <laughs> yeah. pain. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so from there, it then starts to transform and get really. Mm pretty and beautiful and the toast get better and then you're in Hawaii and Uh you know it's the perfect bridesmaids and the perfect speech
0: all right listeners time for a break when we come back there's going to be some discussion about sex so you probably don't want kids to listen to this part uh you can skip ahead around 14 minutes and, and come back
2: after the second break if you want to bypass all right brb this message comes from npr sponsor capital one With the Capital One Saver Card, you can earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That means 4% on checking out that new French restaurant and 4% on bowling with your friends. You'll also earn 2% cash back at grocery stores and 1% on all other purchases. Now when you go out, you cash in. Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply.
3: African Americans moved out of bondage and into freedom with stories wrapped in songs. These spirituals held the cries and the hallelujahs of a people rising and falling as they moved beyond the shackles of slavery. It's Wade in the Water, a 26-part series on African-American sacred music traditions. Listen on NPR Music and NPR One.
0: There is this very poignant moment Mm -hmm. near the end of the film where one of the characters is talking with this other character about doubts he has about pursuing a long term perhaps lifelong partnership Mm -hmm. and one character says how can I know what's best and know if this person is the best and the right for my whole and and right for me for my whole life and his friend who was married and partnered and happy he says Mm -hmm. you won't right that really shook me
1: what I love from hearing what I love about it is that you hear from a married guy Mm -hmm. who's like You have to make that decision every day that I want to stay married to you. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's a choice every Every single day. day. It doesn't – because there's not just one person for you, I don't think.
0: Did doing this movie change the way you think about marriage?
1: Yes. Mm. I think so. I I mean, this is so personal, but I did just go through a breakup. (sighs) And it was one of those things where, okay, he didn't want kids – I want kids eventually. Oh, yeah. And we had to come to that decision together mm-hmm. as people who love each other of like, oh, this is just, we're not, it's not going to happen. We're not going to be together forever. And oh. that's sad, but that's also okay. So it was yes. this like really, it was the most mature breakup I've ever had. Really? It's usually, <laughs> f*** him, you know, but yeah. it's it was um, coming to that realization. I was like, oh, right. It doesn't, You didn't fail. I didn't fail. And I, and I, and I, it changed my view of having a forever. It kind of got Mm. me excited about just having multiple relationships and not needing it to last forever. Mm. And I think as a kid, of course, I'm going to idealize and have, because I watch all the Disney movies Mm -hmm. and all of that. But um, I don't know how my life is going to turn out. It's also interesting because I grew up with, my parents are still together. They're still very much in love. So that also has messed me up um, because (laughs) (laughs) it's put it on a pedestal. Like, I don't know if I'll ever have that, but I don't think that's a problem. I think it's also okay if I end up alone. Yeah. And I'll fall in love probably a bunch of times. Yeah. And I'm okay with that.
0: That is a very good and balanced and even-killed perspective. (laughs) You know? And, like, this is my thing. Like, I feel uh-huh. peaceful about this and it's going to be fine no matter what. And then you try to feel that way all the time. Oh, no, it's not. But then you go to your friend's wedding. And you're
1: like, I know. Or I haven't like, been to a wedding in a while, so we'll see if that, that changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or
0: like you. Just see, you know, a rom-com and you're like, oh,
1: I could, should I, do I, what? It's it's hard (laughs) to stay
0: grounded when thinking about these things because the culture is constantly telling you.
1: Find your one, find Mm -hmm. your one. And also just with the dating apps and everything. I mean, it's, it's in your face at all times, but that's why I think maybe because I'm just in the phase where I'm like liberated from a relationship. So I'm kind of free and excited. Yeah, But, um. I feel like it'd be hard to stay in a relationship because there's so much distraction okay. right now. It's oh, yeah. just a, it's a constant. Oh, yeah. How do you Oh yeah. Well, and that scares me.
0: It also gives you an inflated confidence because right. you swipe on everything on that app mm-hmm. and you think you have a chance with all of them.
1: You don't. No you don't. Also, I've swiped yes on like 100 people and gotten two matches. That that has happened to me a lot. You need to like
0: put your name and your credits in the photo. hell no.
1: No, it's pretty, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: I'm going to go real personal here now, but like hearing you say that you want kids and also hearing you say you have this really balanced perspective about partnership, whether it happens or not, does the reality of a clock ticking. Yes. Okay. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm t- I'm having women tell me constantly, get your eggs frozen. And uh-huh. I've gone to doctors and they're like, nah, you don't need to. How old are you? So I'm 32. I
0: mean, I want to say you have time, but I don't know. I'm a man.
1: Uh, but, but I hear conflicting oh, thoughts. Yeah. Some people will say I have time. Some people say I don't. So right. I'm just... I'm trying to take it day by day and also know that I don't want to put shots in my <laughs> right now just to get all those hormones. I'm not there yet, so yeah. maybe next year. But it's true that you don't want to have that in the back of your head every time you're meeting a guy. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to have that pressure. So if that were to alleviate that, then yeah. maybe I would do it. But,
0: yeah. It's hard. Uh, well, also, like Michelle Obama had them kids when she was, what, 40?
1: I know. A lot of women have had yes. that. My mom had me when I when she was 40. Oh, wow. But I've also smoked for a lot of years, so I don't know if that's <laughs> It's gonna... <laughs> fine. It's fine. And also, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I yeah. have to adopt that mentality, yeah. too. I yeah. can't force it. But yeah. um, it is scary to to meet women, you know, with a lot of experience saying, I've gone through 10 years of IVF. Oh if God. you don't do this, oh you will God. regret it. So, oh, yeah. Sh- it's so Those much. thoughts are in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I want
0: to talk about your time at NYU. Mm -hmm. You met your PIN 15 co-star, Anna Conkle, in the experimental theatrical wing.
1: Yeah, well, we actually met in Amsterdam, and it was the international theater (laughs) wing. (laughs) And it was experimental, and it was this uh, really intense, amazing program, but... Anna and I bonded at first because we're both perfectionists and have Mm -hmm. a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. around performing Mm -hmm. and doing well. And Mm -hmm. um, that program was really intense because you had to, to come up with mini three-act plays in 10 minutes and then perform them. And, God, I mean, it was a, like really intense. And for me, I would hide in my room, and, you know, it's Amsterdam, so everyone's smoking weed mm-hmm. also, and I would get really high by myself <laughs> and freak out, and people would <laughs> knock on the door, and I'm like, I'm not here! <laughs> um, and so we met and uh, in a moment of anxiety and became best friends and then also realized we shared a... S- similar sense of humor okay. and we both are over sharers. So Love we, it. we would just share a lot of things that were shameful, uh, things that we felt ashamed about, um, and that were secrets and found humor in a lot of the pain. So then
0: the two of y'all end up working together Mm -hmm. to make PIN 15, which I'm not going to make you talk about because you've talked about it before and the Terry Gross interview was amazing. But I do want to talk about where I feel that show falls into a certain moment that the culture is having. And I guess one, for those living under a rock, PIN 15 Mm -hmm. is this comedy all about two 13-year-old girls figuring out puberty and middle school and life and love but the catch is you and Anna play the thirteen year old girls, but everyone else in the cast is like actual thirteen year olds. Yes. Did I say it right? Yeah, you, perfect. Okay, yes. Perfect.
1: And Hilarity we're thirty year olds. Yes. Thirty-two. Yeah.
0: But y'all really do a good job of like becoming thirteen. You get a bowl Thank cut. You. <laughs> she puts braces on her perfect teeth.
1: Yeah, perfect teeth. Perfect. <laughs> perfect <yeah. laughs> teeth.
0: And then like you look thirteen. But I feel like this show does a good job of showing teenagers 13 year olds having their sexual awakenings mm. and there are other shows that are doing it right now too like like big mouth like mm-hmm. the movie eighth grade
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i feel like when i was a kid i wasn't seeing that
1: yeah it's interesting when it all happens at the same time right? because i think it's indicative of society being ready yeah. to to yeah. see that yeah. um we had started making this six years ago. So I remember that being a big conversation for us of why have we not seen this other than, you know, we say this all the time, but welcome to the dollhouse was one mm. of the only things I had seen of a 13 a year old girl going through mm-hmm. trauma in a real way, but mm-hmm. also like sexuality in mm-hmm. in a real way. But I think it was really scary for me especially the masturbation episode if I didn't have Anna and Sam to tell me that it was okay to to just go for it oh Sam is the third creator Sam Zwiebelman Mm -hmm. he's also a really good friend um if I didn't have Sam and Anna to (laughs) encourage me to to go there, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have had the balls to put it out there yeah. because I think, which is also really sad that that I would have the fear to talk about something that actually is really normal for and, everybody. Yeah, and, and because when I was growing up, I only saw men that were in high school jerking off and joking about it and oh, it yeah. being really funny and mm-hmm. it being really silly and gross and and no girl at my age would talk about yeah.
0: it. There was no American pie for girls.
1: No, no. And it's still, there's still no real American pie for girls. I mean, I think Smart is maybe yeah. becoming that, but yeah. there's no, and it's not just about being raunchy, but it's like, let's just show the reality that like some girls are doing this and it's gross, but it's also funny. And it's yeah. also really... Shameful and real and 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 uncomfortable and, and
0: complicated
1: really complicated, yeah. like I mean that's why Maya's turned on by sand dunes and rotten apple cores. It doesn't make sense, but it's just
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the way that y'all express these 13-year-olds coming into their sexuality, it really only works because y'all are actually 31 and we know that. Right. Like, there's a scene in which your character in Pin 15, she, like, begins to have the stirrings Mm -hmm. and there's this close-up shot of her bottom parts Mm -hmm. through underwear throbbing. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, this is hilarious, but thank God she's 31.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, I think always the concept just from the beginning of we can't if we want to explore these R-rated themes if we want to explore it in an authentic way mm-hmm. we cannot place kids in those roles <laughs> or in those positions it. Yeah. Um, it gets complicated of course when we're dealing with like first kisses and things like that but we you know use body doubles and and. but I think that is one of the reasons we uh, another reason we wanted to have adults in those roles is because the audience can feel safe watching yes. it also, by the way, those those lips are not my real lips, just so you know. <laughs> How did y'all get the throb? It's, uh, it's amazing. So uh, props team are incredible. We found um, labia underwear. Wait. I shouldn't call it labia underwear. What does it's, that even um, mean? It's camel toe underwear. So pe- people, It comes with the camel look toe? Look it up on Amazon. You can, on Good. Amazon, people, I don't know, to wear under leggings sometimes. I think people like To camel give themselves? Toe. a Yes to give some I am shooketh. Yep. So that you can get you put place it over <gasps> your underwear and it creates a perfect camel oh toe. My God. So but that wasn't enough, right? We wanted it to to pulse, so the <laughs> did you gu- motorize it? We, the guys who who uh, worked on Swiss Army Man helped create this pump that we thought we were. They had attached balloons to it, and we thought those were going to be the lips, but it was way too big. So instead, we put it under the the camel toe underwear, <laughs> oh and God. so it just. Pumped it. Oh my god! So we have a girl on the corner, you know, just pumping, pumping it your- <laughs> as we're doing the close up. Oh my god! Yeah, and that was filmed in the first week, so <laughs> people were freaked out. They had no idea yeah. what they were getting into. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Wow! 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 Yeah.
0: Were there any sex scenes for your and Anna's characters that you were like, actually, we can't do anything that got cut?
1: Um, oh, no, you didn't tape. There were things that we didn't. Tape okay. because there were things. Um, we had made a pilot presentation before we made this show, mm-hmm. and in that Maya's character gets fingered, and that was something that we were wondering are we going to have in this first season, mm-hmm. and instead it ended up being that Maya and Anna get felt up, um, mm-hmm. and that the fingering was too far for this first season. But the thing is, we don't want to shy away from those things because that happens. that
0: actually happens yeah. you
1: know and so but it's really complicated yeah. because we're working with kid kid actors so we don't want to ever place them in those positions and so there are thoughts of are we gonna have adult actors play some of these roles and and we definitely did not want to do that in the first season yeah. just because i think it would have muddied up the show mm-hmm. and the voice mm-hmm. because it's through my and anna's perspective mm-hmm. so to have them as the only adults was important, I think, to set up the world. But then maybe in the second season, we can change the rules. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Time for one more break here. When we come back, the heartbreaking true story from Maya's childhood that wound up in Pin 15 And the one thing she changed about that story when she told it on screen. All right, BRB.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Netflix original podcast, Tales of Your City. Partnering with independent queer storytellers, the podcast is an exploration of queer identity and community across New York, San Francisco, and four other cities in America. The podcast name is adapted from the beloved book series Tales of the City by Armistead Maupin and the new Netflix limited series of the same title. Listen to Tales of Your City now with new episode drops every Monday.
3: African Americans moved out of bondage and into freedom with stories wrapped in songs. These spirituals held the cries and the hallelujahs of a people rising and falling as they moved beyond the shackles of slavery. It's Wade in the Water, a 26-part series on African American sacred music traditions. Listen on NPR Music and NPR One.
0: From what I've read, Pin 15 is pretty true to life for the two of you and your upbringing. But there are some things that have been edited in post, you could say. Mm -hmm. And there's one moment, one episode in which this happens, and I want to kind of talk through it. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a Spice Girls episode. Yeah. Uh, I guess, one, we should set up the episode and what happens to your character. And then tell me what changed between how that happened for you in real life and how it happened on the show.
1: Okay. Well, so, sorry, I gave you a lot to do. No, no, no. So the episode is called Posh. And the setup is that Maya and Anna have to do a school project. And um, uh, f- I think it's for science. And it's about osteoporosis. And the popular <laughs> girls dress up as Spice Girls um, who drink milk. And or no, first, it's they're Spice Girls, but they're old. And if they drink milk, then they'll get strong bones and can Kick and sing like the Spice Girls. So also
0: sidebar, all that is a product of Big Dairy lying to us. You can get the vitamins you need to stay healthy without milk.
1: Can You believe that they
0: have? Did you us. grow up drinking milk? Yeah, and I just realized my whole life I've been lactose intolerant.
1: <laughs> you know, IBS. They, yeah. played mm-hmm, they played us. They played oh, us. Oh yeah. Anyway, they're still we're still being played yes, by other yes. things. Um, but yeah, so the popular girls come over, and they're three other white girls, and when they're going around deciding who's going to be what Spice Girl, Maya says she wants to be posh, and they say, no, you're scary because you're like tan. Wow. And then Maya right after um, g- looks in the mirror and for the first time sort of realizes that she doesn't look like her other friends. Mm. And I remember that moment for me really, um, when I went over, and I, I talked about this, but when I went over to my friend's house and we were all putting eyeliner on Mm -hmm. and when they put it on their eyes looked really beautiful Uh. and when I put it on it just like covered my whole eye
0: but your eyes are so beautiful too
1: (laughs) thank you yes but I think it was the just the difference clocking the difference Mm -hmm. and them clocking the difference and being like oh I'm not white Because I had been surrounded by white kids. So that – I didn't understand how I was different. Yeah. Um, So that was – And then
0: like parents do that thing where they want to you from that as long as they can.
1: Right, right. And
0: so like a lot of parents aren't sitting down with like eight-year-olds saying, just so you know, you're going to be different. (laughs) Right, right. No.
1: And I think when I was a kid, my mom said that I was – it was something to be proud of my, my Japanese side when mm-hmm. I was in elementary school, you mm-hmm. know, she would bring sushi and all the kids would be really excited <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. And then it was as soon as I hit middle school that it became a huge identity crisis. That's for when me. the kids get mean. Yeah. And so, and then I started to get embarrassed about mm. that side of myself. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so I think what happened in reality was that I was friends with, popular girls and I was sort of their jester and I played into Mm. certain Asian stereotype characters Mm. because it made them laugh Mm -hmm. and we wanted to show that and not villainize those girls also because
0: they didn't know better they
1: didn't know better and it is up but they didn't I mean it's up because they're they're putting me down like that is isn't great but but they didn't understand what they were saying, like, oh, and yeah. the further, you know, uh, consequences yeah. of what that could well, do to me.
0: What happens in the show Yeah, is that Anna's character mm-hmm. sees this injustice right, and she tries to intervene and teach the white folks a lesson. You can set it up. At
1: yeah, point. no, that was perfect. I mean, <laughs> she tries to essentially solve racism, <laughs> which is... <laughs> So Anna's character and so naive. And that was, I mean, this was a really complicated episode to Mm. write. We did so many rewrites. Mm. Um, So Anna, because she grew up um, in a really progressive family, Mm -hmm. very liberal, but... She was schooled when she was in college um, because she used to say, like, we're all the same, you know, Mm -hmm. we're all treated the same. Mm -hmm. And she had a black friend who said to her, no, but we're not like that's the that's the (laughs) thing. We're actually not. Um, And so that was interesting to have her try to do something good, but be schooled herself. uh, But the one thing we changed that Mm. I didn't realize till later was that. We have Anna say, I'm so sorry because I don't know what it's like to be you and I don't know and I just don't know. And I never got that acknowledgement from my mm. friends. I've what never no no acknowledgement whatsoever. It wasn't talked about. The differences weren't talked about. Like mm. it wasn't or the pain that came with it just be like that's weird or that's messed up. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't any real wow, like mm. No one really saw me. Like there was no seeing, you know, there was no acknowledgement and there was no, that's all I needed to hear probably. So in a way it was like, I did get to have some closure
0: through the episode. Mm -hmm. Thinking back on those friends that couldn't see all of you, does it still hurt?
1: Yeah, it does. And I, I was so surprised by that. I mean, Mm. even talking about it now, I feel like I could cry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And that was what was – so. we thought that the episode was um, – especially the the Spice Girls scene, mm-hmm. even though it sounds messed up now to say that we thought it was going to be funny. But we we thought it was going to be more comedic. Mm. And we wanted it to be both. But on the day filming it, I mean, I also had my young family um, – th- my cousin's children came uh, by. And they're oh. a quarter Japanese.
0: And they were watching this and scene. And they were
1: watching. And – after I had filmed the first part and I was trying to go up to them to explain what the scene was, I just started breaking down oh because I was looking into these young, innocent eyes, mm-hmm. like a younger version of myself mm-hmm. almost. And having to explain that to them, I was like, oh, yeah. God. Well, you have um, to say to
0: them, like, you're, you're going to enter this world in which, like, this will happen.
1: Yeah. And they were like, but are you popular? Why aren't Why aren't you popular? I was like. <sighs> <sighs> I'm, yeah. I'm not yeah. <laughs> in this yeah and it was interesting um, well this
0: is the thing that's so hard because like as a person of color mm-hmm. you can of course have close friendships with white people mm-hmm. or people who aren't you yeah but there's that moment in which you have to explain to them that there's some stuff they'll never get Yeah, and I think there's a lot of folks who consider themselves allies Mm -hmm. who think that if they love you enough and if they listen to you enough, they will get it all, and then they can be your warrior. Mm -hmm. And part of it is explaining to folks who actually care about you that they can't do everything, right? And that it's in some moments all that they can do is just listen. (sighs) That's all they can do. That's it. And that's hard because Mm -hmm. like people want to problem solve. Yeah. But like sometimes the fix is just shutting up.
1: It is shutting up because I think a lot of the fixing though is also not listening because yes. it's just jumping straight uh-huh. to okay, this is how we We're can. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And they and and they're in this benevolent way centering their whiteness.
1: Mhm. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. And they
0: mean so they mean well.
1: I know. Bless them. I know.
0: You know, but it's complicated gosh now i'm thinking about it is
1: I, yeah, friends you of mine about from back friends? The, yeah. yeah and
0: it's just like if you could talk to the other spice girls that were in your life doing you wrong um in middle school what would you say to those girls now
1: oh <laughs> i'll cry it's
0: okay whatever I'm, I'm about to cry too it's fine
1: yeah um see i don't know what i'd say and that's why i make art <laughs> because i it don't know say, yeah. it does like i don't know how i'd put it into words i still don't have the answer yeah. to that the thing that's hard though is when it's something when you're in middle school like you don't you don't think you were that person oh, so yeah. that's the other thing is yeah. that if i were to say that was you i think they'd be like they'd no. be crushed yeah the Or they'd be like that wasn't me i <laughs> yeah. never felt that way or yeah. i never said those things yeah. i loved you you know yeah um so that would be really interesting.
0: What would a pin fifteen look like if it were set in twenty nineteen? Because like the internet and smartphones have changed everything.
1: I, I couldn't write that show, I think. And I think that's why we had to set it in our time because yeah. we didn't want the influence of that. Because yeah. it just also complicates oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. Um I also think it would look a lot darker. I mean, mm. I if I had social media at that age, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have survived really me personally. I yeah. don't just to see the constant comparing mm-hmm. for one. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing all these bodies and images of like Kendall Jenner and this just the the impossible to achieve looks well
0: they're robots
1: robots right they
0: have augmented their bodies to where they're like part cyborg
1: right and then they just say I just drink celery juice and have a good (laughs) diet and so girls are like that's all I have to do to look like that Yeah. Um, so that's really damaging and then the other thing is when you were in middle school at my time you didn't always know if you were being left out like Mm -hmm. if people had a sleepover and you weren't invited sometimes you found out but on Instagram now you can see it all you
0: see it all yeah,
1: And that's, I don't know. It's I could,
0: so mean, yeah. yeah. Have, do you know what the kids do now? What? To invite people to parties, they make an Instagram account. Oh. And you know that you've been invited oh. if they let you follow that account.
1: Oh. oh, God. So you can request to follow and then get denied. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, yeah.
0: And it's not, and the account is an account. So you don't know which person in the cool club was saying no to you. Oh, no. It's
1: Oh hard. no, oh no. It's and hard. I heard about Finstas for the first time. Oh yeah, the fake
0: Insta, all of it, it is, I'm starting now just to feel old. I'm like, I, I, this, yeah. I can't do it. Because
1: it's not just Instagram, it's like there's many facets oh, to yeah. the world now, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, like that. That's
0: It's insane. Is season two going to get darker? I've heard it might.
1: Um, Yeah, but you know, it's funny. So, we just started the writer's room on Monday. Oh, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Um, And we're trying, you know, we're just putting up a bunch of ideas up on the board. And uh, it's funny because right now it's starting off really light. Okay. Even though it ended in a dark place, we never want to shy away from that, but we also don't want it to. Lose some of the joy that it has. Yeah, it it's it's got to be both. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, we will explore darker themes just because uh, Anna Anna's parents are divorced. So how mm. does that uh, affect her in the house if they stay together mm-hmm. in the house being divorced? Yeah. Um, you know, we want to explore more mature content. Yeah. So I think sex drugs a lot of things that get introduced you know yeah. later on in 7th grade or 8th grade Yeah
0: This was such a fulfilling heartwarming chat. Yes, I thank you, thank you so you. much and congrats on the movie and all the other good stuff coming your way. Thank you. That experimental theater it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Many, many thanks to Maya Erskine. Plus One is out now. Uh, And Pin 15 is also out now on Hulu. It was just renewed for a second season. Check it out. It's seriously, seriously, y'all. I've never seen a show like it before in my life. Okay, listeners, do not forget, Friday is coming. It always is, actually. So don't forget to share with me the best thing that happened to you all week. You know how to do it. You record the thing on your phone. Uh, Tap a little few buttons and then you email it to me at samsanders at npr.org. samsanders at npr.org. Dot .org send it over you could be in the show hearing your voice being all happy and stuff all right listeners till next time thank you for listening i'm sam sanders talk soon